Okay, ladies and gentlemen, recording my second pod of the night, or at least my second intro of the night. Um, this is likely going to be episode 304, Filibuster Freestyle. Your buddy Gavin, good to be here. We are looking at Mookie Betts, just got traded by the Red Sox to the Dodgers along with David Price. Um, I'm not even going to comment on it because we've got Red Sox aficionado. We've got a few very serious Red Sox fans in the filibuster freestyle constellation of guests, mainly Andrew Patterson and Jeremy Johnson, I would say, are the two most um, vehement and vigilant and knowledgeable Red Sox fans amongst the base, at least in terms of what they've shared on the pod in the past. Anyway, Jeremy's got an interesting viewpoint on this Mookie Betts trade. Um, people in Boston seem to be pretty up in arms about it. Um, many would argue justifiably so. So we're going to basically hit the theme song, and we're going to see what Jeremy thinks. And I'm not sure if he's in the car or in the truck, but he's likely on his commute home from work out on the West Coast, Los Angeles, California. And uh, I'm recording this at 7.08 in the East, which means it's about 4 o'clock there in the West. And um, at some point, he's going to call me in the next couple hours. So anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening to The Freestyle. We really appreciate it. As always, please rate the pod, review the pod, subscribe to the pod if you haven't yet. All kinds of podcast hosting services have the freestyle, um, most notably Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Music Play, Deezer, to name a few. Um, filibuster Freestyle is the handle on Instagram, and filibusterfreestyle.com is the handle on Twitter. So you can follow the pod in any way, shape, or form. And as always, if none of that works for you, you can literally go to filibusterfreestyle.com and the website's right there for you, too. And it's usually pretty up-to-date. We've got some show notes, quote, a blog, but really it's just show notes and, um, you know, the other interesting things on the pod, the podcast website as well. Anyway, here comes Jeremy from the car from Man Cook Good after the theme song. Filibuster, filibuster freestyle, filibuster, filibuster Watch freestyle. out for the filibuster. Filibuster, freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. It's the filibuster freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. Oh, that's right, ladies and gents. It's 8.32 in the east, which means it's quitting time in the west. Jeremy Johnson, from the car or the truck, JJ? From the car, from the rental car. You got a rental? Yes, my uh, little commuter car made a funny noise and the engine light came on this morning. And so the great uh, AAA membership paid off once again. I brought it to the mechanic and I'm getting some work done. Unofficial sponsor of the week, AAA. Don't be a chotch, get AAA. You know, if you're an adult, <laughs> the best thing you can do is get AAA and get the premium thing with the 100-mile tow in because every few years, you got to dip in and use it, and it pays for itself every time you do it. Totally. It's like it's like uh, buying a tuxedo. If you wear it three times, you got a free tuxedo. You're done. You know? You're done, kid. You're done. Anyway, uh, speaking of Boston accents, Mookie Betts traded along with David Price, to the Dodgers. The Dodgers love nothing more than to take quarters of billions of dollars off the Red Sox payroll every four or five years. In some ways, a really breathtaking and cleansing thing. You're zagging. Red Sox Nation is zigging and is so angry and so upset, and you've told me you think it's nice to have a soft refresh. 
I'm just going to give you the floor because you have what currently is the unpopular opinion. Rock and roll. Go ahead. I don't understand why everyone's so damn surprised, for starters. Okay. Maybe they're upset because of the return. But I, this is Dave Dombrowski's fault, for starters. But if you get right down to it, this is the ownership's fault. And they've, they've won us championships, and they've made us... It turned us from a, uh, an also-ran laughing stock into a powerhouse franchise. But what they can't seem to do is make up their damn mind and stick with the philosophy. They blew it with the UFC because they were in too deep with Larry Lucchino. And since then, we've been swinging in the wind, trying to gauge what everyone's public opinion is, which is the worst thing to do. Because you know the adage, when you listen to the fans, you sit with them. Except <laughs> John Henry could never sit with them because he might get some sun on his face. And then he just perish, okay? It's absurd what has led us to this point. This goes back to uh, Charrington, really. This goes back to Charrington, the wow. arrogance. This goes back to the arrogance of the 2013 uh, post-World Series hangover when they began their philosophy, their short-held philosophy of not paying starting pitching, okay? So, yeah. You lowball John Lester, yep. and he walks away. And then you put your finger in the air to gauge the public opinion. You look at the daily ratings on Nissan, and you say, we need to make a splash. So you go out, and you get Hanley Ramirez and Pablo the Fat Sandoval. <laughs> My goodness. That all falls apart. Shocker. Very quickly. So Charrington gets fired. Thankfully, Lucchino gets moved on from, so we can finally figure out who can we blame for choices that are made by the franchise's player uh, acquisition operations department because up until that point, if you recall, we never knew whose fault anything was. Right, you couldn't blame it on anyone. Yeah, right. It was by committee. Who is it? Yeah. You got Lucchino, you know, he's like the Wizard of Oz. Lucchino, by the way, ran through Epstein out of town who went and won a championship with another franchise has never won a franchise championship before and they've been relevant pretty steadily all along which is what we should be trying to obtain. And that's why we had to do what we did. Dave Dabrowski came in, went with the old school 1970s baseball general manager technique where you trade everything away and you put all your money on high-priced free agents like one David Price. We could have had a comparable-level pitcher named John Lester for nearly half of the money, Kevin. (laughs) And he already played here. But instead... We pay a guy with a magical elbow and allergies and a video game addiction and just a generally piss-poor attitude who has openly admitted that the only reason why he came to Boston was because of the money in the first place. They hates it. Typical Boston fans. Give me a break, David Price. Give me a break. Get the hell out. I'll trade away two Mookie bets to never see that guy again. If we could get somebody who could start a game in his stead... So you're you're ex- okay. Well, first of all, I just want to point out that if people who've been listening to freestyle for a while want to go back far enough, they can hear both of us being pretty excited about David Price four years ago. But we needed to make a splash, <laughs> and we, we were, and we're the fans. In trouble then, right? We were in trouble then. That's the thing. We were never supposed to be there, man. Right. John Lester is still pitching at a level higher or better than. David Price. Yeah, totally. Like, David Price, we never should have had to sign him. We had a dominant left-handed starter. 
Yeah, totally. So, so yeah. we get David Price. And then, next thing you know, we go out and get Chris Sale. Great move. I'm not going to fault Dombrowski for any of the moves that led to the championship. Yep. Okay? We won a World Series with one of the best baseball teams that's ever taken the field. And then what does he do but botch the whole thing in a matter of 162 games? We go from being one of the best teams to ever play to a disaster. Yeah. And completely financially underwater. You give Chris Sale the contract extension at very fair market value. There's no hometown discount there a year before you had to. Right. You give Nathan Eovaldi the $68 million bonus for pitching his guts out in that, that World Series, whatever. Yeah. Men were weeping at his courage. You know, I mean, come on. Well, it felt pretty good at the time. <laughs> we're paying like six guys $150 million. Yeah. And yeah. Everybody else is like making the minimum or coming up on arbitration. You can't compete like that, man. It's not the new baseball model. And if you notice, every team Dave Dombrowski's ever left has been in tatters. Well, it's shambles, right? Still suck. Right, right. Now, I guess here's my thing, though. The only way you're getting rid of David Price is to give away somebody great like Mookie Betts. I don't um, know. I mean, I guess. We're already paying half the salary. I, I just don't, I don't know. I, I just feel like, and, and I get it, like you made a good point, and, and I think it's the right point. Like Mookie supposedly wanted 12 years and $42 million a year. Is that about right? They're not going to re-sign him for that. Anything right. that does is an idiot. And I agree with that. Like there's no world in which – uh, a 12-year deal for a guy who's probably 27, 28, and who's, you know, 5'10 and 130 pounds and super athletic, he's by the less. way. He's like 5'7", dude. He's, he's a little dude. Right. So I get, like, if he's going to walk anyway, get something for him. Okay. But they didn't get much for him, and I think that's why people are super pissed. Well, again, Dave Dombrowski, if you remember our trade deadline special last year, I wasn't exactly – happy with Dave Dombrowski and his behavior at that point, you got to trade him then, man. Right. You got to show some leadership and you got to be a grown up in a room full of children. Yeah. And Dombrowski tried to tell us that the sky wasn't blue. The ownership tried to pretend like everything was fine and nobody was going to get fired in the middle of the seventh inning in the 158th game of the year or whatever it was. Right. And they wasted a golden opportunity because Mookie Betts could have gone to the Dodgers last year and gotten a couple serious prospects. They were, their farm system's loaded. Yeah. Now, Verdugo's a good player. He's like a Benintendi type. He's a good player. He's get, you know he's young. He's got some injury concerns, <clears throat> kind of like the other guy we got. But like we could have gotten a very good player and a very good starter like prospect. And then a guy that's a pretty good prospect. Yeah. And then we could have traded Price this year by himself and paid half his salary anyway. Right, what you're doing because anyway. Because these guys don't know what they're doing. Right. When it comes to maintaining a system. Right. They get caught with their pants down. Well, this will be and the, now we're stuck. Yeah, this will be the test. Because when they won in 18, 
after having a bunch of dark years after they got lucky in 13, right? I was like, you know what? As long as they're a big payroll team, they they can get it right every five to six years because besides the Yankees and the Dodgers, really nobody can spend like them. And if they're not dumb, they've got a shot. But what they tend to do after they win a World Series is get really dumb philosophically. You've already just covered that. And so this will be a test. Like if we're sitting here in 2025 and we're lucky enough to be on this planet and the Sox haven't won again since 2018, we will know that they failed the test because, you know, like the Tigers, to your point, were great in 2011 and 12 and they haven't recovered and it's 2020. Well, here's the new baseball, though. And this is why it's so important that we hit the reset button on some of this stuff. Okay. The new baseball is a big market team can actually compete every year. Now, hold my drink, okay? We used to be able to do that with money until they introduced the competitive balance tax. Yeah. The Yankees were saddled with the Mark Teixeira contracts and Alex Rodriguez contracts and the old guard. They hit the reset button. They were down for like a year. They traded a bunch of assets. They got a bunch of youth. And now the Yankees are loaded with talent. And they are loaded with good youth talent. The Astros did the same thing with a little bit harder of a reset button. Ian Bloom has helped lead the Rays to relevance with a $0 payroll, basically. (laughs) Right, right. That's fair. So, finally, we can get what the Theo Epstein model was always supposed to be, where you run the team kind of like Moneyball, you find value everywhere, you build for sustained excellence, yep. and now, because you are the GM of the Boston Red Sox, and you do, you are sitting on that money, you can actually make a move yep. and get some serious talent. Now, this year, they're going to hit. They've got a bunch of good hitters, man. They built J.D. Martinez, Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts. Bogarts and Devers are now the face of the franchise. Yeah. Maybe Ben Tendy takes a bump up, or maybe he just is what he is. He's a pretty good ball player. Verdugo, as long as he doesn't get hurt, of course that's with anybody, is going to surprise people. He's going to make some fans, and they've got him under salary control for like four years. He's in arbitration for a couple years. Younger fans are not happy to lose Verdugo. They've got a boner for the kids, too, just like we do. We're like, oh, no, we can't train any of the kids. Well, a lot of times the kids turn into pretty good ballplayers, but a lot of times they don't. But Verdugo's already played. He played like 100 games last year, and he looked pretty good. Yeah. But you got to get Pedroia off the books. Yes. And, you know, we just got Pablo off the books. We just got Hanley off the books. Okay. We've got, we're out from underneath the, the horse collar of David Price. And Mookie wasn't going to stay, man. And I'm sorry. That's the Look, point. Yeah. Ten years, three hundred million. If you had taken it, you'd be like, okay, we'll get six years out of him. Yep. And then and you, you figure know, it out. You figure it out for four. We're yeah. stuck with him for four years. Okay. But like, we we had a little text exchange about it. There's only one guy, Mookie's height, that maintained a plus success into his mid thirties. In the entire history of the game of baseball, and his name is Kirby Puckett. Kirby and Mookie have slightly different body types. Correct. Although they may share a height. Okay. 
Mookie's going to be Jacoby Ellsbury, man. And you know who we're not paying $17 million this year? Jacoby Ellsbury. Jacoby Ellsbury. And you know who is? The Yankees. The yeah. Yankees. Right. So let's let somebody else yeah. make a mistake. That's fair. Can I ask you one question, though? Like, Yeah. So the Red Sox did sign Mookie for the next season, right? Like, And maybe they had to do that in order to get the Dodgers to take the trade. Well, Mookie was arbitration eligible. Right. They avoided arbitration, and they gave him twenty-seven million dollars, right. which is a record for, for our, right. So Mookie. So, so I guess my my biggest question is, unless the Dod, I mean, clearly the Dodgers weren't going to just take Mookie without him under control at twenty-seven million for next year. Gives them a year to figure for it this out. Year. It's just for this year. Correct. That's what I mean. But right. right. But like. Do you think the Red Sox could have gotten more value out of Mookie this coming July trade deadline since they already had him out for $27 million anyway? Well, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of teams that were in on this Mookie thing, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. I followed it from the jump. And, you know, they tried to play the Padres against the Dodgers. And the Padres weren't willing to spend the money without any sort of handshake, wink, arrangement with Mookie's representatives. Right. Mookie's going full Daryl Rivas here, man. He is not going to take any of his value off the table. No He's discounts. on himself every year. Right. And it's going great for well, him. Well, I, I do think that that's, that's why you've got to move him because you, you, even if you – the only way he's staying is if you give him the David Price crazy way above market value contract – and you're not going to have him be the player that he is for at least half the life of that contract. So to your point, if he wasn't going to sign here anyway, better to get something than to get nothing. And you get price off He's the books. He's going to free agency. Right. He's going to free agency. And you know what? They'll be in on him in free agency. You think the Dodgers will just lock him up next year? Because I kind of do. Well, the Dodgers do have a lot of money coming off the books this year. And they're all excited about it, but... Andrew Friedman's their general manager. That guy's a really sharp guy. He's running a tight ship. He got them under the competitive balance tax. Yep. And they've won the division, what, like six, seven years in a row? Yep. He's now currently pushing all his chips into the middle of the table for one run, one more run. Right. But uh, the Dodgers might be like, hey, look, we'll give you six years, $50 million a year. Okay. Right. But we're not giving you twelve years. They don't. They're not that kind of yeah. team anymore. And that's kind of what I thought the Red Sox could have or should have done if they had the flexibility. Which is like, listen, dude, we'll overpay you for six years, but we're not going to pay you for the next decade. We're just not, you know. And do you want twice what you're worth right now for six years while you're good, or do you want, you know? Yeah, I hear that. Who's going to pay this guy? Like you got to think about. I mean, I guess the Braves might be out there, but like the mid-major team. It has the money. It's trying to make a splash and trying to like put their roster into relevance. Yep. Um, San Diego's out because of Machado. Um, the uh, Phillies are out because they already did Bryce Harper. Uh, you know, um, who's got Cano now? Didn't Cano sign like a freaking absurd? Oh, he's deal in that Seattle. The had him. He's marooned in Seattle. Seattle Marooners. Right. <laughs> like, it's just kind of. There's only so many clubs in baseball, and the big market teams are all taking this modified money ball approach yeah. and actually sticking to it. This is when the Yankees would have jumped in off the top rope <laughs> and given them way more money than anybody could even imagine giving them. But this is getting really ridiculous. This money is getting into some serious real money. Right. I remember when Roger Clemens made $5 million a year. And that was crazy. And you, 
you think we declared war, the amount of like anger and frustration that people had. Well, turns out he's worth it. But baseball is not exactly like bursting at the seams with new fans. Right. And a lot of these contracts are being based on these like 25 year TV deals with regional sports providers. Well, that money, it, it's not infinite, man. And like, yeah. you can't commit a half a billion dollars to one player out of 25 when you've got a, a, a floor full of nerds in your front office begging with you to not do it because you can get similar production out of a guy who's making 1.2. Yeah, that's fair. Like, Verdugo is no Mookie Betts. He is not. But he is, like, going to give you approximately, we'll say, 75% of Mookie Betts' production, and he's going to cost you under a million dollars a year for the next couple of years. It'll probably cost you 6 or $7 million, $8 million the next year. And then depending on how well he does is what we're talking about for arbitration money. Right. But, like... I mean, you're going to have him for four so, years, so I'm, and I'm, you're not even yeah. going to pay half of what you're going to pay Mookie for one. Yeah, and I'm fine with all that, as long as, like you said, they stick to it. Because, you know, putting your chips all the way in and then having to do this reset is silly. They're going to score runs. Yep. Their position of weakness is not their lineup. No, it's their pitching. It's Their pitching is a bunch of, you know... Like thin elbow ligaments and like right. Well, I mean, injury price, histories. And how much? Guys. So, how much of Price's salary are they paying in for? How long? Three years, um, half, like forty-six million dollars over three years to to not pitch for the Boston Red Sox. Okay, but so divided by three, that's like fifteen million a year. Yeah, that's not the worst. It sucks, but it's not the worst. Yeah. Right now, the highest-paid player on the team is J.D. Martinez. He's got another player opt-out at the end of this year. Chris Sale's making 20. Xander just signed a $20 million deal. Evaldi's making 17, which is insane. Dustin is in the last year of his deal, I think. He's got 13. JBJ's making 11. And Erod's making 9.5. Everyone else is under that. Yeah. I think Benintendi's in the $10 million range, too. But he's worth so, it for that. I mean, he had, that's... Hey, you pay 25 guys $10 million a piece, you got the highest payroll in baseball, but you got 25 guys who are B-plus players. Right. It's not a bad thing. You need, you need pitching, Gavin, and you need homegrown pitching. You can control some talent. You can't do it the old way anymore. This is, That's the way the Red Sox used to be. Right. They slugged the crap out of the and ball. And it didn't work for 86 years. in a playoff game. Didn't work for 86 years. I yeah. do find it funny that there are people who are trying to equate this salary move with selling Babe Ruth to put on No No Nanette back in 1919. But um, I don't think we're okay. there. I don't think we're there. Is, it, is it funny, though? I mean, are people well, funny, really that I, funny ironic. about this? They, it, but, like, are, are they really, like, are people, like, do you, do you follow the team? Do you know what's going on? Or are you just upset? Like, did this, if this surprised you, then your, your anger, although very valuable to you, doesn't really do anything for me because this has been coming. Yeah. We've known all along. He's been talking like Papelbon used to. It's all about free agency. So Mookie's not like, he wasn't super keen on Boston. That's like, he's like a dirt dog, you know, like no, that's fair. He's just, he's going to maximize his value. 
And as great of a player as Babe Ruth turned out to be, he was a pitcher when he was at the Red Sox. We didn't know that he was going to hit 700 home runs. Okay, like sabermetrics be damned. It's not comparable. It's just not. It's I hear not you. comparable. Oh, I, I'm not equating it to that. Um, I'm just. It's we gotta be. We gotta build a system. We gotta stick with it for more than three years. I agree with that. And if this is the beginning of that, great. Which is why you have a good manager. Oh wait. No, we don't. And that's the other piece. We don't piece. have a manager. The truck is on the way to Fort Myers, and we don't even have a manager. Do you think? And I can't remember if we com- we already commented on this or not, but. Like, that was such an overreaction. We did talk about this already. That was such an overreaction. Oh, yeah. That was such an overreaction. Like, I'm not saying the guy should, should or shouldn't lose his job, but, like, just give it two weeks to kind of marinate. Let the news cycle hit a couple times. Say you're sorry. Suspend him for six guys, months. Man. I but, mean, but they that, fired that, Alex Cora in part because they were worried about the, the winter meet the fans event. At like Mohegan's son, right, and that's that's like, that's the part of the, that 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 freaks me out is they're still managing by public opinion. The team they're managing the it's franchise. It's a great little microcosm, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I mean. So, as, as great as this ownership group has done relative to the past hundred years of ownership groups, which are everywhere from incompetent to racist or both. <laughs> um, so, like lo, low bar to step over. I mean. They've, they've won some championships, but every time they win a championship, they then go into some weird spin where, you know, they blow all this money. They pay, they pay Kung Fu Panda for no reason. I mean, they, they, they've gotten it right four times, and that's great, but I don't trust them to make – to hold fast to a philosophy. So and you, that's you, why you have to hire the right guy and empower him to do his job. And sink or swim with that. But Dombrowski was always a short-term knee-jerk reaction guy. Charrington, you know, I think in some respects he got a raw deal. It was always Theo. It should have never stopped being Theo. Right. But it did. Much like Francona, it ended. But now we've got a chance to reset it here. We've got Bloom in there. Bloom can turn... You know, chicken crap and a chicken salad, if you give him 65 transactions as he trades these guys and trades them and trades them, and, like, he can really wheel and deal. And he's used to operating with next-to-no-player talent budget. He's probably looking at the lineup saying, man, I've got a much better lineup than I had in Tampa Bay, and we won, like, 88 games. No, I totally agree with that. And I think as long as they let him do his thing and he does his thing right, like— that's great, but you know they're going to look at their Nesson numbers in a couple years or less and say, we don't have any stars, and then they're going to do something dumb again. That's fine if you wait a couple years. If you're doing it in June, then I'm going to lose my mind, man. Well, they, and they might because they might be on their fifth manager by then because they have no manager and spring training starts tomorrow. So, again, it's fine with like, me. Fine with me because I'm not – I mean, like I'm ready to watch some Celtics and some Bruins for a while. It's all good. You know, I don't really even really worry about baseball until Patriots Day. So, like, Marathon Monday. So, you know, it's fine. It's gonna be. It's gonna be fine. They're gonna have a good team. You can root for Xander Endeavors. They're gonna win like 85, 88 games or something. The bullpen is gonna be improved. We're gonna have a bunch of openers. Okay, which is gonna be tough. 
But, it, you know, it's going to be fun. And then probably halfway through the season, they may end up trading Benintendi. Mm-hmm. They may end up trading. I think the only guys that are untouchable right now are teams that, guys that nobody wants or Bogart's endeavors. That's fair. Everyone else is on the table. Well, let's get some young pitching. And, again, I mean, like you said, you, you want that young pitching to be homegrown so you can control the salary. But I don't know that they can – I mean, who do they got right now, right? Let's get some assets and let's just start building this thing. And then in a couple years, two, three years from now, you start getting some momentum. Some of the guys start coming up from the, you know, from the farm system. And by that point, Xander and Devers are the leaders of the team. Core is back managing the team. Huh. Here's my hot take. That's a hot take. But you go to the Winchester, you have a pint, you let this whole thing blow over. Renicky manages the team this year. And next year, you bring Core back in. He does his, his apology tour, and then he manages the team. That's a hot take. If that happens, that'd be interesting. All right. Well, yeah. you know, I, 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 you know, I, I love Mookie. Yeah. He's one of my favorite baseball players of all time. He's one of the best baseball players the Red Sox have ever produced. And unfortunately, they screwed the pooch. <laughs> it's time to be a grown up and to handle their business. And stop crying about nothing, okay? We can either let him go for nothing, a fifth-round supplemental draft pick, or we can get a big league ball player who's young and a pitcher who throws a 101-mile-an-hour sinker and maybe he becomes a starter and we hit the reset button on the salary and the competitive balance tax and we actually build this team out to last for more than a three-year run. Right. And if that happens, then I'm all for it. But if, if, if three years from now we're on our, like, fifth reset because we, we panicked and then we, won, and then we miraculously won well, one. Then, then we're the Cleveland Browns. Right, you know? right. The only difference between being the Cleveland Browns and being the Boston Red Sox is that the competitive balance is still a lot more skewed towards the Red Sox to screw up and still be okay. Well, also, like, we're still better than, like, 27 teams in baseball. Well, that's the point. It's like the, the Browns the are inept and are at the bottom. The, I mean, the Red Sox infrastructure and fan base and money don't allow them to ever really dip that low for more than a year at a time. Right. Which is well, a nice luxury to have. The Red Sox roster, though, you know, because it's not a salary cap league, the Red Sox roster is is loaded with talent. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the Browns are rotting from the head and have forever, and, and they just can't seem to settle on a on a philosophy, and this has come up on this podcast over and over again in different sports, different environments, but like, would you rather be the Browns or the Bengals? Okay, the Bengals were never good enough to go over the top. I don't even think they won a, a playoff game. They did not. But for 10 years in a row with Marv Lewis, they were in the mix. They had a pretty lively bunch. They were in the mix. They won some big regular season games, and they weren't the laughing stock of the sports world. Right. I don't know. I mean, I'd go with being uh, with the Bengals. At least you're selling hope. Well, absolutely. Especially because the 10 years before that, they were the Browns. So, like, that's... Because you have a little bit of institutional stability here. Right. And that's all I want. And the panic button on Cora just has me think... And again, I'm not saying... I don't even know enough about the Cora situation to know how to blame he is or isn't or whatever. But my point is, they're just... They just make knee-jerk reactions, whether it's Sweet Caroline, Pink Hats... You know, monster seats, like, 
the amenities are great, but the baseball decisions get really panicky. And, you know, that's okay. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know, man. We'll see. Well, anyway, a little hot stove talk for everybody on the freestyle. There um, you go. A little baseball. A little baseball for you here in early February prior to spring training. JJ, you got anything cooking up on the man cook good? Man, I have just been like working family, parent, dad cooking, man. I mean, like, I made some Italian sausage, peppers, and onions for a Super Bowl, which is perfect. And that I just put it in the oven and it was done and it was great. And I didn't have to stand over the grill and uh, handle it, you know. Um, other than that, like last night, you know, here, here's a quick little, quick little way to get a toddler to eat some food. <laughs> if you got some parents out there, sure. Um, you know, it's a, it's a battle, and you got to figure out how to do it. I roasted up some. I cut some sweet potatoes into matchsticks. I roasted them in olive oil and salt. Made some fries. Ooh. I steamed some broccoli and tossed it with some ghee and a little bit of salt and pepper. And um, and Chloe brought home a rotisserie chicken from the market. Yeah. And I laid it all out on a platter. I deboned most of the chicken and even Frenched the drumsticks so they're easier for a little a little mouth to eat. Yeah. And French is when you strip down the bones, so it's you know it's just meat on the top, more like a lollipop. Than oh, a nice. Base. Yeah. A big sinewy tendon, you know, wing quill thing. That sounds good. And and uh, I put it all on the platter, and I said, you know, here, pick what you want to eat. And she chose all the stuff that she wanted. She helped me squirt the ketchup. She ate a ton of food. She loved it. And uh, you know, we won. We won the night. Yeah, so, to win. It's a good. Yeah, it's it's. It's the thing with these kids when they're they're this age, a toddler's like so much of their their whole like outburst is about control and lack of control, and they like you got to give them like choices that are contained in like the little gated garden of acceptable outcomes. Yeah, but they'll sniff that out too, you know. Right, you can't. So, yeah, you can't. You got to be creative with it. Serving the food on a platter. And letting them help pick what they want from that rather than just giving them a plate where they have no choice in what it is or what it isn't. It's just one little victory that we had. So, But, yeah, I've been cranking away. My show is um, hitting the home stretch and things are getting really busy. They're trying to crank out the proverbial 10 pounds of poop in a five-pound bag. And and uh, I haven't had a lot of time to do any gourmet cooking, that's for sure. Well, hey, ham and egg and it's the way to go, especially if you can convince your toddler to have a feast, right? So. Um, hey, always. So you'll be, having, you'll be having kids one day. We'll do some parent podcasts. I can't wait, man. I can't. I mean, if 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 obviously having children seems to be a magical thing, but I certainly am very glad I'll have a lot of friends who will have experience of having done it. Uh, JJ, it's six, one one part guerrilla warfare, one part pure joy. Tell you what, it's a hell of a dichotomy, right? Um, yeah. All right, JJ. Everybody, check him out on Man Cook Good. Whether he's making food for his toddler or making food. For the Queen of France, which is not a real thing anymore. Um, <laughs> hashtag fake band name of the week, Queen of France. Uh, JJ, stick around for a minute. Everybody else, check out Man Cook Good. Check out Filibuster Freestyle. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Tell your friends, for goodness gracious sake. JJ, thanks a lot, man. Yeah, guy. Thank you.